This esports life, episode 11. I'm moving, I think. I'm gonna like to call this week 11. It's episode 11, but I would like this to be a journal that logs every week so that, you know, every detail of every day in my life will be recorded here. Everything that I was thinking about, all the important stuff is on here. So I'd like this to be week 11. I don't know, it's kind of a hard time. I'm gonna definitely try to make it on the every Monday on the dot. This week though, uh, it's right now it's Sunday at night. I'm supposed to be recording these on Saturday so that Nathan has time to edit them and everything. But this weekend, uh, we're very busy, which I'll get into in a second. But welcome in for the Sports Life episode 11. A juicy fucking week. Juicy week. I got a Corona, which is also like a water. So it won't change much. Speaking of Coronas, I was supposed to go for a run <laughs> the last three days two days but then yesterday after at the end of the day uh I had beer cleaning it was cleaning out the kitchen I was cleaning the kitchen and I dropped a beer bottle smashed shattered all over my kitchen floor and then stepped on it right on it and as soon as I stepped on it no bloody foot so couldn't run the next morning which was this morning didn't even have a band-aid I only had the blister guard band-aids which only made it hurt more but I was more concerned about my foot being exposed to every piece of dirt on the floor or my shoes or outside or whatever. So I put the blister guard on. And uh, <laughs> today was hanging out with Luke because we were working on something I'm going to talk about. Be patient. But we went out to a minute clinic, which in the U.S. is something that exists where you can go in and on short notice have someone look at your stuff like hey i don't want to do a checkup or i have some problem but okay no you you actually can't do that so i walked in there and i was like hey i would like to do a checkup just haven't gone to the doctor in a long time and i would like uh just a checkup like i'll fill out this form and then i was okay she's like so what's wrong i was like no i just uh nothing in particular i just want to do a checkup because i haven't been to the doctor in a long time and I uh, don't want to have like some crazy disease or something. She's like, oh, well, this is an urgent care facility only. And I was like, oh, that's okay. So Luke was there for something. So I let him do his thing. I went outside. And then I realized that I also wanted to ask for a Band-Aid because I only had the blister guards for my foot because I have a cut right in the middle of the middle of my foot. So I walked back in and I was like, uh, can I have a band-aid? <laughs> so I think, I don't know what that, <laughs> I don't know what that sounded like to her. Like, hey, uh, uh, this guy just walked in and he said he only wanted to check up, but then he came back five minutes later, asked for a band-aid. Does that mean he was hiding something from me? I don't know what she thinks of me. I don't know what she thinks of me, but she gave me a band-aid, didn't ask any questions. Big appreciate, shout out to, uh, shout out to Melissa from, uh, from the Minute Clinic. All right, uh, that's that was my yesterday. This weekend, we have been running around. Well, not really. We've just been in my apartment in this one that I'm moving out of, maybe, which I'll tell you about. This weekend, we have been working on a deck. It's uh, a deck for uh, investors to look at. It's a deck that's going to talk about the store and stuff like that. 
and it's going to have a lot of details about um, our plans for the future and how cool our store is and how we like sell out of everything really fast. And it's going to go and try to basically sell us to investor because we're you know looking to incorporate and we want to get. We're, we're in the process of incorporating and we want um we're going to need investment and we have like a long-term plan which i can't go into too many details about the plan but i think it's enough to tell you that that is definitely something that we're looking to do so we're in the process of um growing quite a bit a lot it's exciting uh we are we are a very tantalizing opportunity for anybody who is coming into the esports space and wants to invest we're cool we're established we're authentic we're profitable we're doing everything that other esports companies wish they were doing you know we're just small so it's great getting on the ground floor your um your little bit of money will be a wor worth a lot one day you know it's awesome it's great we're a great opportunity at boxer uh, so good and this weekend we've just been kind of working through a deck you know the cool part about working through a deck and a deck Again, for those of you who don't know, if you guys weren't here for the last episode, a deck is a kind of pitch or presentation that explains what your value is and what you're looking for to potential onlookers like investors or whatever. Um, but in the process of writing a deck, you get to learn a lot about yourselves. And also in the process of making a deck, you get to confront things that you're forced to confront things that you wouldn't normally if you were just talking to a friend. So if I was hanging out, I remember a lot like last year, one year ago, I was hanging out with Luke right after Yahoo and we were talking about Boxer and how to grow Boxer and all this stuff. And we had this big grandiose plans and all of these aspirations and things. and. A lot of that stuff we're trying to follow up on, but it's stuff that, you know, you don't think too critically about. You just think, wow, we're going to make millions. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This is step one, step two, step three. But you don't think about every single problem that will occur. You don't think of how realistic or unrealistic you're being. And that's one problem about kind of like jerking off in, in each other's mouths. I don't know how else to put that. But if you know, if you hang out with people who, uh, you know, a couple of people who are very inspired, and you're both trying to be positive and optimistic about the future, and you want to work together on something, you might not be as critical as you need to be. But if you write a deck, you know, and you think, all right, I'm going to tell this, tell this to somebody who is not my friend, then you're forced to confront a lot of things and make sure they're good, and also. No, and a lot of stuff we and a lot of that stuff we understand because uh, so we've made decks in the past. But you also, um, on top of being realistic, get to find out things that you really want. You know, you make a mission statement, you write about your vision, and you realize, huh, maybe I hadn't thought this one part out at, through as much as I as I should have, or oh wow, I just learned a lot um, in just writing that down. And that's that's one thing that's really cool. And I think that's one thing that's really cool about writing, not necessarily just making a deck, but writing in general, is that when you put something in writing that you say, and then you think about the fact that other people will look at it, and then you think, whoa, every word of that needs to make sense, you're forced to have a one-on-one -on -one with yourself and 
and make sure it's good. So writing is really good. I think this podcast is really good too because I get kind of the same effect out of it. But yeah, haven't been able to haven't been able to run uh, because of that. I will go run tomorrow. I think I'll be fine. I put another. I put one of those the bandages that Melissa gave me on my foot. My foot's and it's fine. So I'll go run tomorrow. But um, I have been climbing, which has been fun. I like climbing. Uh, it, it climbing to me is super cool. It's something. It, and for those who don't know what that is, it is. I've been going to a rock climbing gym in L.A. It's called Cliffs of Id. And you have the ability to free climb, no harness, just you and a wall with rocks on the wall that are not real rocks, but ones that are made for different levels of ability. And they go like V0, V1 through whatever, V12 to 15 or something like that. And I can only do like V2. I've only gone a few times. But you get a little bit better every time. You build up some finger strength. You build up some forearm strength. And... You can uh, go and climb these walls. I can't remember if I talked about this last time because it's been something I've been doing. But um, I really am enjoying this. I want to do this more. And when I when I move, which I'll talk about in a bit, I'm definitely going to go to a climbing gym uh, in Toronto. But uh, this the climbing is like it's like the Fortnite of health activity. I mean, you go you go to it's the real. And what I mean by that, it's is that it's it's the great equalizer. If you go to a climbing gym, you can see the skinniest nerds. Or like the smallest girls, you know, who are who are so limber and agile and have great balance, and they're all like just way better than you know, super buff dudes. But then you see super buff dudes or extremely strong, you know, athletic type guys, kind of all excel in climbing, which is amazing to me, you know. And you can see people who are very good don't necessarily get big. And in fact, you know, the better body type is not on the bigger side. But kind of people who are from all walks of life can end up at a climbing gym, which is why it's like, it's like the fort. You can get Drake and Ninja probably to climb, you know. There's a lot of overlap there, I think. It's very cool. And it also, because it works out forearms, I have very long forearms, very long skinny forearms. It's actually one of the things that I've most wanted to focus on. And in climbing, you've worked on your forearms a lot. A lot more than you would normally in a gym and your fingers too which is really cool i actually wonder if it'll help with my dexterity and just how good i am in games because of the grip strength that you get from climbing i think that there's probably some correlation there i think there might be i think there might be so we've got a couple of really good questions that i want to answer in this podcast and right now I should talk about the moving thing. So you know that my situation with the visa, with the EB1 application has been prolonged to the point that I've missed so many events. I've lost a lot of money. um, And I've also gained a lot by staying here. So it's not been bad. It's just been bittersweet. It's been the most adult and bittersweet thing that has probably ever happened to me is having to deal with these visa problems because to refresh your guys' memory you know i've been in this for i've been left the united states since last since march 2017. in that time 
I worked at Yahoo for a few months. And then after that, I was only working in US events. A year and a bit rolls around, or less than that, sorry, uh, six to eight months rolls around, Christmas comes, I'm supposed to get a work permit that allows me to travel. I find out that the work permit got lost in the mail, Christmas. Since Christmas, seven months or whatever, I have not been able to get a new work permit, I have not been able to recover the old one, and I have missed so many events uh, because of that. Now, thankfully, because of like ECS, I was able to be able to do stuff here. Um, but, you know, I wasn't able to go to Star Ladder. Uh, ESL won Bella Resanche. Uh, I missed the minor recently. I was invited to go to the minor recently. I missed that. I missed uh, a Zotac event in, in Asia. I missed uh, Milan. I missed... Um, I think a star ladder, if I didn't say that, I miss, I miss so much stuff. I miss face it finals. You know, I miss a lot of stuff. Um, and that sucks. But, you know, I've also done, I've also built stronger relationships here. I've made, I did um, ECS. I've done uh, a PUBG show, which is random, but something cool that I'm doing more of too. Uh, and being able to work with NVIDIA was really cool. And, so it's it's like such a back and forth thing and it's just the most bittersweet thing ever like it just feels like i am on one side of a fork in the road and going down it and not being able to choose and then seeing the other fork where you know the other path in the road and just and just and just knowing that that is going on without me and just having to walk down my path and just hope that, you know, I have enough opportunities on my path that I'm not too jealous about the fact that I'm missing out on this other path. And the option I have, obviously, the whole time was to cancel the application. But because it just kept feeling like, all right, this is going to get sorted out soon, it didn't make sense to give up on something that we've been going at for so long, you know. So this is a $6,000 application um, back in the last June. So, um, you know, money aside, it's that's kind of balanced out. Um, now, probably would have made a little bit more if I was able to travel. But besides that, you know, just missing the CS events and stuff. I don't know if that's so, how much that like has affected me. And that's that part that's super bittersweet. But the situation is finally coming to an end. I'm making a decision. I'm giving up on the application. I, I am not going to submit more evidence for the application because I don't have a work permit yet and I don't know when I'll get it. So I'm just going to give it up. I'm going to move back to Toronto, um, looking for places in Toronto. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of sad to have to leave this place. I really like this apartment. I really like being here, but, um, it's, that's also bittersweet. Like I love Toronto, miss my friends so goddamn much. Um, I think the thing is, uh, our plan is basically to apply for uh, another another visa with Boxer because we're incorporating. Um, this is something that makes sense. You know, I'm gonna. I'm basically like, you know, I can make the U.S. a lot of money. Professional in the industry, we have a corporation that makes money. We, you know, we're 
there, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to uh, get one. And that is the, the plan to come back. But I am like definitely officially leaving. I am you know, going to commit to a move. I don't think I'm going to move back like right away because it's just unrealistic. You know, I got to sign a lease. And then when I do that, I get, you know, I want to get settled. I don't want to move my stuff like right away. Um, but I will try to work on the, another visa situation as soon as I get back. And it's just going to be crazy. Just crazy. I have no idea how I'm going to move all this stuff. Um, I don't know what I'm, what's the route I'm going to go if I'm going to decide to like, I, this is the stuff you have to think about when you move, right? Like what stuff do you want to take with you? What do you want to leave? Do you want to go with a van line mover and spend a couple thousand dollars? Or do you want to just throw stuff out and rebuy everything? Which one's cheaper? Uh, do you, I'm going to look at places. Am I going to see them before I move in or I'm going to move out on the date that I have to leave and then just go and literally have a place when I get there and hope it's good. Am I going to, I don't know what else I have to think about. I've got my cell phone. I'm going to change the number. I've got to like hope that Google Fi has data in Toronto. I've got to like get all my new stuff registered. Everyone who has my old number, I've got to change it. Everyone who has my old address, I've got to tell them I got a new one. I don't know. It's probably a lot of shit. <sighs> Uprooting your life. I mean, I'm the probably one of the more mobile people i guess in that sense like i've done it before at least i've been from i've gone from the U toronto to the u.s so i understand that i'm a canadian citizen so that's probably a little bit easier i'll be like a new sin card or whatever but there's so much stuff to think about but i'm kind of excited too like i get to have a like this place is super nice and i for this okay just to keep it like 100 percent frank with you guys this place costs I'm on a month to month now because I was like literally waiting for this visa situation to go out. So that my price of my rent went up a little bit. This is $2,400 US a month. $2,400 US a month. That is $3,500 Canadian a month. When I did the calculation on that, I was like, holy fuck. So I could get a place that's like two, if I got a place that's like 2,400 Canadian a month, that's like 1,800 US a month or something. Like it's just so much cheaper. I could get a fucking palace uh for this much money in in canada so one thing i'm looking forward to is having like an even nicer apartment for cheaper that's super sick uh and then also shawarmas here are like 12 dollars a plate i can go to in canada i can get fucking two shawarma wraps for eight dollars or keep canadian which is like two dollars quick maths so it's gonna be i'm gonna have more money <laughs> being there, which is good i think i should i i think if i stayed I definitely was going to move out of here anyways. Um, even if I was going to stay here and move to somewhere else, which just made more sense. But yeah, uh, it's it's nuts. But I do love living alone. It's nice. It's it's, uh, it's fun. I highly recommend it. But I think a lot of people who have roommates prefer living with roommates. That's what I've learned in my experience too. So I don't know. Never tried that. Basically lived with my mom. I lived with my girlfriend at one point, and now I live alone. So those are my only experience. I've never had like a real roommate. So that's an interesting one. But if you definitely should try living with a roommate because you could save a lot of money. That would it'd probably be fun. One of the biggest fears of living alone is if you lose your keys, you're fucked. 
We have a roommate, you know. Two chances to get in the apartment. So yeah, that's the that really is the meat and potatoes of the podcast is the fact that I'm moving, the fact that I'm giving up an application. We're moving on to a new chapter. Uh, nothing really changes with Boxer. We're still doing everything. I'm just going to be in a different place for the meantime. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing I'm going to do when I move is I'm, gonna, I'm getting a place that specifically has a kitchen island so we can do cooking streams. And I'm going to do really cool cooking streams. One thing I was thinking about is the is doing cooking streams because cooking is something that's like super evergreen like everybody can either be interested in cooking or understand it to some extent or appreciate food or i think it's fun to watch cooking streams and i think it's also fun to watch someone progress and i've been cooking a lot more so it might be fun to watch me become really good at cooking and i will inevitably become really good at cooking because i'll just obviously commit to doing it a lot and it'll also be fun to be able to stream the progress. So I think that's something I'm going to focus on Another and, and something I'm going to put my apartment to use with is the, is cooking streams, which should be fun. Uh, but that is my life right now. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. We still have on, um, on the eighth of next month of a collab with Rama. You guys need to look out for it. It's going to be insane. We are working on so much stuff right now. So much stuff. All right, guys. So there's never going to be a dull moment. Now we're going to do a Twitter Q&A, which is just a few questions. At Double Curled. Hi, love the podcast. The last episode really piqued my curiosity about running a business in esports. I'm wondering how you were going to go about transforming Boxer from a personal brand slash community, which is well less less well-known into something that has brand name value in CS and the overall esports landscape. And in the future, are you going to pursue any marketing of your brand and slash or selling merch at events? Thanks for taking the time to respond and keep up the podcast and the journey. At Double Curled, thank you for the question. It's a great question. And I'm glad you like the podcast. And I'm glad the last episode piqued your curiosity. Running a business esports is a very interesting thing. And this is definitely a big question. So how am I going to go about transforming Boxer from a personal brand slash community into something that has brand name value in CS and the overall esports landscape? There's a lot of things here. So uh, basically from our deck, you know, just to be 100% transparent, one of the main draws of Boxer is the brand that you guys know that you like, that you appreciate, that you realize is authentic, that's been around, that's cool, we got a great logo, got good people. You guys know that. That is a huge draw for sponsorship, for investment, for non-endemics, for people who don't understand esports, is to have something that is very that is not haha, that you know that's not cringe. They want something that is truly grassroots, that's organic, that's that's entrenched, that's part of esports already. Because it is very difficult for sponsors, for People who, and these aren't people who are just like stupid or don't understand. They just want to make money. It's not necessarily like that. It's people who have money that don't know a lot about esports, but still enjoy it. You know, you don't have to know a lot about something to be genuinely curious or interested or excited about something. And for those people, they just don't want to be taken in a, the wrong direction by 
a group of people who are trying to sell you trying to sell them snake oil right they just they want something that is real and has been worked on by people who brought this industry up you know people that have been there since day one since before people were making money and one of the draws of boxer is the fact that we are one of those brands you know we are a brand that has come from just a just myself who was just making youtube videos and trying to help the common guy who's playing counter-strike get better at the game and i've built a reputation for myself we built a reputation for boxer and i've attracted people to the brand that are all very authentic very hard working and very motivated and, and talented and everything like that and have them who also understand esports come and make boxer even better and have matured it to a point that we're very inviting i think for um people that have a lot of money that want to get into the space and i think it's the perfect where the perf we can create the perfect relationship where we have this thing that's almost invaluable you can't pay for something that we've built in a sense but you can you know now officially after incorporations have a part of it and you know put some money in but and then and then be a part of what we can do with the money and, and grow with us and you know and and from our perspective you know we're not just looking for money as well we we want an investment but we also want somebody who can lend us some of that experience you know the fact that they've dealt with hundreds of thousands of dollars and and or more you know the fact that they understand how that um how to how to best use that money we want that experience and knowledge and wisdom and support and experience and we want to make a partnership you know so we want somebody who has a, their interest peaked in esports and us who have built this authentic you know from the ground up uh, really um, really like just genuine product with that has a good reputation and is cool and all that all that great stuff and we want to like merge those two things and then just get size out of it and i think that's kind of our biggest sell and the biggest draw for investors or other sponsors or whatever coming in. And, and, uh, and that's, that's pretty much how we want to approach anyone who has the, um, has the interest and the money to come into our space. Um, now in the future, are you going to part, are you going to pursue any marketing of your brand slash, uh, and slash or selling merch at events? Yeah. So we, you know, part of the, part of the sell, to be able to transform our brand from something less well known into a brand name, brand name and CS and overall esports landscape is getting a cash injection so that we can be able to do things like capitalize on marketing opportunities, right? So if one of the one of the things we'll say that we know we could use the money for is creating um, creating great content surrounding our boxer releases, right? Or they're paying for designers or paying for shooting locations or models or um, somebody who can help with creative direction or all of these things. And marketing is just an, an enormous part of the of of the of what we're going to try to kind of pitch as what we need to be able to succeed. And so, yeah, we are definitely going to pursue a lot of marketing for the brand. And we have like a lot of ideas for what to do. So that is a huge part of what we're going to spend the money on. Um, the money that we, you know, we want to be able to, to grow. And yeah, marketing is enormous for sure. So thank you for the question, Double Curled. I hope I answered, uh, I hope I answered it properly. I hope I answered your question. I answered your question as best as I could.
Okay. So thank you for the question. And at Ranjo Mama, his question is, what do you want? Really got to put me on the spot, Ranjo Mama, with this question. What do you want? What a big question. I'm just being dramatic. I mean, I picked this question out of a bunch of questions because I thought it was cool. What do you want? That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of aspirations. I mean, I'm not like aiming or wander, uh, aimlessly wandering around. I'm, I do have a lot of aspirations. I just don't know what the penultimate thing is, right? What is the final goal? I don't know. What is the, what is the final destination? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, I have an interest in content. I have an interest in casting. I have an interest in merchandise. I have an interest in branding. I have an interest in marketing. I have a, an interest in uh, a number of things. Like, I, what do I want? I don't know. I think at first, like before anything started, before I had a YouTube channel, I thought, oh, I want a giant YouTube channel. That's what I want. I want to be a big YouTuber. And I want to have millions of subs and millions of views, and basically I want to be like video game donkey or something like that. You know, that would be that would be sick. Um, but after I started making YouTube videos and stuff, I was like, well, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to go to travel to events and cast and stuff like. And maybe I want to do casting. You know, uh, that keeps changing. The goalpost keeps moving, uh, and I think the more success you have, the wider your eyes get, the more saliva falls out of your mouth. And the more, I think, motivated you will be to take on tasks that before seemed too large and kind of dipping my feet in all of these different pools has been really fun. And I think it's also like when you come, when you're before, when it's before university or in university, everybody's trying to figure out what you're going to do. Hey, you want to be a doctor? You want to be a lawyer? Work in IT? You want to suck toes for a living on fucking campsites? Like, what do you want to do? And you don't have to answer that question. It doesn't have to be one thing. Do whatever the fuck you want. You know, like, uh, definitely do it to the best of your ability. Don't be a lazy asshole. But you can do whatever you want. There's a scene from House of Cards where whatever her face was that, sorry, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was early on. But the reporter, she went to work for a kind of like not like a rebel news agency, but like a lesser, like a more libertarian, literal, like smaller paper or journalistic entity or something. And then she had a conversation with someone there. And uh, I think they were talking about what they want to do in the future. And, and she was and she was like, why? Who wants to have the same job for two years? And it's like, that is such a big comment on where we are at as people like in society today you know like your everyone's parents 30 40 years ago worked the same job until they were 60 and retired no one does that anymore <laughs> everyone makes like a bunch of career changes in their life or never finds like one solid thing they want to do i mean it's very rare that somebody is just going to work one job at one company for the rest of their life and retire like that almost never happens anymore and it was uh, kind of an eye-opening experience to hear that it was also very validating i think to be able to hear that and know that it's like 
I've never felt comfortable with the idea of doing the same thing forever. And here is somebody on TV saying that that is totally normal. And so it's kind of stupid, I guess, because it's on TV. But I've never, I never really heard that until I, I saw that episode of House of Cards. And I appreciate that, to be honest, because that's how I feel like. My life especially, you know, it's not a 9 to 5. Um, I've heard a streamer talk about how having a normal sleep schedule is extremely is just is is a is something that was created by people who had jobs where you needed to wake up uh, with the sun and go to sleep with the sun. You know, I mean, some people have those jobs, but I definitely don't. And it's like, well, does that mean I'm an asshole for uh going to sleep at 3 a.m.? No, not necessarily. Though I do, I am trying to go to sleep a little bit earlier. I think I feel better about it. But nonetheless, I I don't know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Two years from now, who knows what I want to do. Um, I just know that, I, and I only say that not because I don't know what I want right now, but because I realize that as things change, I'm just kind of like following the, the better opportunity and doing what I enjoy. And if if something I do really takes off, I'm obviously going to very like pursue that with all of my attention. And, um, you know, uh, one thing I guess that hasn't changed is boxer. It's like that's something I want to see grow. That's something I'm really enjoying pursuing. It's like our own little project. Like it's not my project anymore. Like boxer is not like my thing anymore specifically. Right. It's, you know, me, Taylor, Nathan. Um, and Luke were all in, and like every, like everyone who's like a, been a fan for such a long time, like this are, this is everybody's thing now, you know, this doesn't exist without, you know, a squid who's bought all of our merchandise since day one, who has more merchandise than I do, you know, and everyone like him. Uh, this is not just my thing anymore. So, but this is something I'm like, I'm happy to be a part of. I would love to be here with when we get big enough that fucking Shaq approaches us and is like I'm done with NRG I want boxer you know or whoever it is if we get basketball money in the future that's awesome uh I would I would love to have that infrastructure and be able to have boxer become a giant brand and for everyone to know about it and that's definitely like that's it for me right now yeah it's like focusing on that uh, as well as casting so I guess in the immediate moment commentating all these different events and then working on boxer um as in the meantime as well thank you ranjo mama for the question appreciate you at buddy o my mom has given me her blessing to take a year off school to compete in the competitive fortnite scene i'm appreciative of the fact that i have a mother supportive enough to support my passionate interests Shout out to that. I definitely have that too, and I understand why you're appreciative of that. Appreciative of that. But I'm having trouble justifying a decision like that. Esports and Twitch is such a volatile industry, as well as the fact that I'd be starting a career, quote unquote, from the ground up. How do how did you justify pa uh, pursuing your passion for CSGO over finishing four years at UFT? So yeah, I was in year three of UFT, and I decided to drop out to make YouTube videos. I didn't really, I don't know, justify? I don't know. I just was like, I'm gonna do what I want. And I was like, I don't like school. I've been, as soon as I started playing CSGO, I was like, 
I cannot focus on school and I hated force myself to do things I didn't like. So I was like, let me use my passionate self to do something I'm truly interested in. But I will also put in way more work. You know, I will do it to the point that I may not totally enjoy it anymore just to make sure that I succeed doing it because I am sacrificing um, an opportunity to build a career in school. And the way I saw it was that going to UFT for four years would be 100% unhappiness because I really just didn't like school or 90% unhappiness because I like liked studying philosophy. But in general, I just didn't see a way out and didn't really like school to, okay, I'm doing something I really like, which is making YouTube videos in CSGO. That's 100% I, I like it. So let's bring that down to like, I enjoy that 70% and I'll work so hard that I don't, I don't like it the extra 30%. You know, I'll work so hard that I can, um, that I'll just do it to succeed. And, you know, I'll say I'm very lucky to, to be able to take the time off to make a YouTube channel and do this thing that I enjoy so much and work harder than I would like to make it, uh, make it, you know, make it a viable career for myself. So that's kind of how we justified it, quote unquote. I don't know. <sighs> competitive Fortnite, though, is a tough one. Um, competitive Fortnite is a tough one because it seems like Epic are... They announced that they have $100 million. They wanted to make it a merit-based thing, and they were going to give money to people who were the best and everything, but... They haven't really given us a tournament where the best players are able to compete for all of that, all of that $100 million, not big ass prize pot. Like that's not been a thing yet. So, you know, um, who knows, uh, who knows what they're going to do in 2019 if they're really going to, with the rest of the remaining 92 million, if they're going to allot that to tournaments that are, totally merit-based like they said or if they're going to actually be you know hand um, invites to youtubers with plus ones for the best streamers you know if that's going to be the case it definitely feels like being competitive in fortnite you know you're there's probably going to be a big slice of money because no matter what there's going to be a lot of money for everyone to to win but if you want to be the most successful or have the most opportunities to succeed you've got to have a brand too and i definitely recommend working on that if you're going to go into competitive Fortnite. You know, just some sound advice, man to man. You want to get into Fortnite? Definitely good players are getting somewhere, you know, but they've also got big streams. They've got big brands. They've got big followings. And um, I think caring about your stream on Twitch and doing the YouTube thing is very important. If you're going to really take time off to compete in Fortnite, specifically, it's unlike any other game in that way. You know, it's like, hey, we're throwing the most amount of money here, the most amount of money of any other esport, but you've got to do more than just be really good. You've actually got to be popular too. You know, that is the game that you're signing up to play. And I'm a person who grew up and always just mostly respected people who just kind of dedicated themselves to the mastery of their craft. But in Fortnite, to be very realistic, it seems like to be successful playing Fortnite for money, you must also care about your brand a lot. And to be honest, there is no downside to caring about your brand outside of Fortnite. If you leave Fortnite, 
a failure, but then get 20,000 Twitter followers and have 80,000 subs on YouTube, that you are, you came out good. You know, you can do a lot with that. Think about what I can do. So it's a good, good lesson to learn, but it's very competitive on that front, in my opinion. I mean, in fact, you know, because it's like if you have a million subs on YouTube, you get an invite to a $250,000 event, it's actually more important that you have a good brand in Fortnite than you don't, uh, than, than just being very good. So something to consider, buddy-o, something to consider. But everyone deserves a, a year off school if you're in between university and college or you're just in college and you want you don't want to spend too much you don't want to waste money on a year that you might just fail out of courses and stuff like that take a year off it's fine that's okay take a year off um, it's only a year do just whatever you do take the year off to make sure you think very carefully about your plan to succeed what happens at the end of the year what you can get out of it and um and because it's only a year even if you're not successful that's okay that's fine but just Pull out all the stops, you know, do everything you need to do. And with Fortnite specifically, you know, really work on that Twitter, really work on YouTube, really work on that stream because it seems like Epic don't care so much about esports as they do care about uh, having a successful tournament, which doesn't necessarily mean having the best players play off against each other. Um, they clearly recognize that that sometimes isn't the best TV, if you will. So thank you for the question, buddy. I appreciate you, man. And I think it's a good time to call it. I appreciate everyone joining me. It's kind of a tactic situation for me to be in. I'm totally fine, by the way. Totally fine. I'm happy. There's I'm I'm like half excited about moving back to Toronto. There's a lot of stuff that I can work on. Uh, and getting a getting an O one with Boxer, getting a visa with Boxer, you know, is is my own visa with my own company, which means that it's you know, it's so like, it's my company, which is like, gives me so much more power, which is amazing. You know, that's legit. You know, I won't have to go like go from 01 to 01 if I uh, quit a job or go to another job or whatever. It'll be with Boxer, my own company. So I think it's probably for the best that this is going down the way it is. Very excited to move into a castle in Toronto and see my friends again. And also, I'm very excited to have more control of my situation. I'm very excited to um, expanding, expand Boxer and um, work on all of that stuff on that front. And uh, thank you guys for the comments and the messages of support and just saying you watch. And I really appreciate it. And I hope to get this podcast up to more viewers. And I know that if we want to expand, I've got to start bringing on guests. I'm maybe a co-host, maybe start talking about um other people's lives and i think there's a way to do that and i'm going to probably explore that opportunity in the future but i am using this as an exercise to log all of my adventures to see if i can be interesting enough that people will listen to what i'm talking about and then um and then we will definitely take it to the next level which i won't let you guys down i've got a lot of big plans and I appreciate you guys joining me. Thank you for everything. No sponsors this episode. Store.boxer.gg. And remember, save the date, August 8th. We've got stuff coming. All right? It's going to be... And people are asking me, how much money do I need to save? Save some money, okay? Save some money. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>